Next week, we'll have a new voice to top and tail the podcast, and you'll also be able to listen in stereo, not just from then on, but on any of the previous episodes as well. In the meantime, I'm thrilled to be able to tell you that we now have a website, for which I must give all the credit to my techie son, where you can search your favourite composers or get in touch with comments or requests. Go to perfectpitchpod.com and check it out. Today, I have three thrilling orchestral passages for you, the combination of which will take you through a range of emotions, the most prominent of which, I suspect, will be nostalgia. All thanks to music from a Czech, a Russian and a Finn. We've listened in the past to the music of two of the most popular Czech composers, Dvořák and Smetna, and it's high time we listen to the third who makes up the triumvirate, Leos Janáček even though he was barely acknowledged in his homeland, never mind overseas. Actually, it wasn't until after the Second World War that he established any kind of reputation, and nowadays his operas are staged frequently. Janáček was born in 1864 in Moravia, and Moravian folk music coursed through his veins, a patriotism which was only enhanced when the country was absorbed into Czechoslovakia after the breakup of the Austro-Hungarian Empire in 1918. Much of this comes out in his Sinfonietta of 1926, which is as good an introduction to his music as anything else. You don't often hear it in the concert hall because it requires a brass section of 25 participants. The piece is arranged in five movements, and the opening one, which we'll listen to now, is a fanfare scored for brass and percussion only. We'll also listen to the final movement because he adopts a rather clever device called a retrograde, which means that he brings back the original melody in reverse format, before turning back to the original theme at the beginning. Interspersed, it has to be said, with some frankly fairly shocking and dissonant interruptions, all of which are happily brought to a harmonic and triumphant conclusion. The two movements are played here by the Halle Orchestra, conducted by Mark Elder.
As one of the greatest pianists who ever lived, it's not surprising that Rachmaninoff's orchestral works have now been substantially reduced in popular listening to his second and third piano concertos, his rhapsody on a theme by Paganini, and his sweepingly romantic second symphony. But there's another orchestral work which deserves greater airing than it gets, his Symphonic Dances of 1940, and his last completed work. After the Russian Revolution, Rachmaninoff and his family legged it to the United States, where he was to stay until he died some 25 years later. These symphonic dances reflect perfectly one of the composer's own observations. The whole world is open to me, and success awaits me everywhere. Only one place is close to me, and that is my own country, Russia. So it's a piece oozing with nostalgia, and only when the strings participate fully do you get a taste of the romantic Rachmaninoff. To be honest, it doesn't even sound like him at the beginning at all. And this unusual three-note rhythm, dee-dee-dum, 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 which starts on the timpani, sounds a little angry to me. There's a gentle reprieve, heralded by the oboe and later those lust strings, where you'll hear the rhythm repeated very slowly. But you can sense that the original is never far away, and Rachmaninoff duly obliges with a refrain. So let's listen to the first of them, played by the Bavarian Radio Orchestra conducted by Maris Janssens. It's really exciting stuff.
we're going to finish today with one of the great tunes in symphonic writing. I speak of the final movement of Sibelius's second symphony, the start of which moves seamlessly from the previous movement, a bit like Beethoven did in his fifth symphony. There's a lot of debate whether or not Sibelius wrote this with a particularly Finnish nationalism at its heart. But there's no denying that this huge tune has an element of triumphalism about it, and it certainly makes you feel good about the world. It's played here by my favourite orchestra, the London Philharmonic, conducted by Ed Gardner.
That's it from me for another week. Join me again soon. And please do follow, rate and comment on the podcast because it all helps to spread the word. Thank you.